Hello, and welcome to another episode of Olivia's Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Breitkopf. I am here once again with my colleague and friend, Christy Davin. How are you doing, Christy? I'm great. How are you? So uh, this is unusual for us. We're recording uh, on Wednesday the 13th, and you should be hearing this on Thursday the 14th of March 2019 because there's a huge breaking story in the college test prep and college counseling field uh, that has become part of the, a big part of the news over the last couple of days. I've seen uh, news reports on local news here in uh, the Boston metropolitan area. Uh, the late night hosts like Colbert and whatnot have been joking about this. And this is the big college uh, counseling scandal breaking out of California this week. If you haven't heard the news, please look it up. But the long and short of it is, is that a bunch of extremely wealthy families, millionaire families, uh, worked with a con man college counselor in Newport Beach, California to cheat on the SAT and ACT, to lie to college application uh, um, admissions offices, to lie to college sports coaches, to bribe college sports coaches and other officials so that they could cheat college admissions offices and get children, the wealthy children of these millionaires and whatnot into colleges that they probably don't deserve to go to. So one of the things that came up, and this is why I wanted to talk about it with Christy, is one of the um, things that they did as part of this scandal was they forged documentation that some of the students uh, had accommodations or deserved accommodations on the SAT or ACT in or as a part of this scandal and how it's going to hurt the uh, disabilities community who would otherwise be the folks who need these accommodations. So, Christy, I know you've been um, listening to this uh, story unfold. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of what I want to talk about, any thoughts on the uh, scandal from a high-level point of view? Uh, Well, I come at it from two unique perspectives. Well, not unique perspectives, but two separate perspectives. And I think we've talked about this often enough. Mm -hmm. I come at it from from first an education um, professional. um, Actually, second an education professional. First as a parent. Okay. Um, I have students who are teenagers um, in various stages of um, either during high school or post high school, and I am infuriated. I had my, my first reaction was a visceral one. I was very angry about this whole thing, the injustice of it, not only to the other students competing for those slots, but also for the students who may have been unaware and who um, were given a slot that they didn't earn mm-hmm. and what it teaches them about um, what's fair mm-hmm. and uh, how to get ahead. Right. And, but as an, educational, as an education professional, I am um, puzzled and frustrated uh, by what it does for the reputation of ethical companies like ours right. uh, who are helping students of all um, of all levels mm-hmm. and of all demographics, right? Whether they've, um, you know, whether they make a million dollars a year or whether they don't, um, and to to find their best fit school, right? Um, with regard to this topic, uh, specifically accommodations, um, we work with a lot of kids who have learning differences um, or who go to schools. One of our school partnerships is a um, multiple intelligences model. Mm-hmm. And they're actually considering not only um, doing away with uh, standardized testing and only going to testing optional schools, but they're also considering getting rid of standard grading systems mm-hmm. at the school itself. 
And so I, I feel incredibly frustrated for those students and sort of the, the hit that the reputation takes to the kids who actually need and deserve those. Um, what I'd like to do, though, for this conversation, now that I've said all of that, is to maybe just spend 30 seconds on what accommodations are sure. for families who may sure. not know. So basically, the vast majority of students taking the SAT or ACT do so in regular circumstances. These students show up at a local high school on a Saturday. Uh, they get randomly or alphabetically uh organized into groups of 20 and, and with a proctor in classrooms and hundreds of students, maybe sometimes even a thousand students will go to a local high school to take the SAT or ACT and take it in that room full of other students. However, if a student is on an individualized education plan or 504 plan uh, and they get extended time accommodations at their school as part of their normal academic process, the SAT's College Board and the ACT will match those accommodations on the Saturdays where they administer these tests. So in other words, instead of uh, doing a section that's 25 minutes long, the student will get to complete that section in 37 and a half minutes. So because those students are on a different time schedule than the vast majority of students who don't get accommodations, they usually will be sequestered into a room with other students with their same accommodation with that proctor. So there'll be a room full of six or eight students with the time and a half accommodation instead of the room full of 20 students under the normal and regular time circumstances. Now beyond time, extended time, and there is time and a half and double time, there are other accommodations. Some students have accommodations so that because of vision problems, uh, uh, they get large print versions of the test and large print versions of the answer sheet. Instead of a bubble sheet, they have a strikethrough sheet. Some students get an accommodation where if they have difficulty writing by hand because of dysgraphia or some other condition with their hands, they might get to use a computer to take the test or write the essay. I worked with a student who had cerebral palsy and he was brilliant like many uh, students with CP, but he had vision problems and he physically couldn't hold a pencil. He was also restricted to a wheelchair. Uh, so that student had a scribe. So he took the test one-on-one -on -one with the scribe who was also the proctor. So that proctor slash scribe uh, asked the questions verbally to my student and then took his verbal answers and marked them down on the sheet. When it was time to write the essay, the student recited his essay and the scribe slash proctor typed it into a computer. So that's important to understand what accommodations are and why students get them. So the situation I think that bothers me the most about this, and I want to follow up with you uh, with what you said before. The company that we work for, uh, Livius, uh, is a tutoring company and a private college counseling company. And yes, we have tutoring centers. And yes, there are families who can afford private tutoring and private college counseling and spend a few to several thousand dollars for various services. But we also have a lot of programs with partner schools and with nonprofit organizations where students who are normally underserved will have access to the exact same programs, the exact same materials, the exact same tutors and teachers that our pay, that our students who pay thousands of dollars for these programs, they'll get those same people, they'll get those same programs, they'll get those same materials and have access to that at a public school, at a charter school, uh, and or at the Boys and Girls Club or some other nonprofit organization that works with us. 
So these are students who are normally disadvantaged and normally underserved. And we try to reach out to them and provide them the same services. And it's really those students, all of the students who put in the work and try their best and, and put in extra hours to improve their test scores and their grades in school and their AP scores and, their, and improve their writing, their writing on the college application essay and other writing samples, they're the ones who are the victims of this. They're the ones who've been uh, insulted by these handful of millionaires and gajillionaires bribing their kids' way into college, into colleges that they really shouldn't be going to because they didn't have the numbers and scores and results and interest in the first place. But specifically, again, to your point, going back to accommodations, the thing that bothered me the most about this was that specifically, uh, it was several parents, but the one that people at home are going to know is uh, the actor, Laurie Laughlin, who played Aunt Becky on Full House. She has two daughters, and she worked with the con man college counselor from Newport Beach, California, to forge documentation, apparently, to state that her children deserved accommodations, that they had earned accommodations at their schools through a medical diagnosis, and then the college board taking these documents which is what they do, they look at documents that are from the schools and a medical doctor, and they match accommodations that students get at their school. Since Lori Laughlin and other parents in this scandal submitted these documents, the college board and the ACT did what they normally do. They match the accommodations. And the insidious part is that the conman college counselor, who by the way has already pled guilty, he did so yesterday, and he, that's how we know the names of all these parents, because he, as part of his plea deal, fingered them. He basically said, these are the people who paid me millions of dollars. Uh, he then bribed the proctor to cheat with the student, to fill in answers in the bubble sheet, to correct and change answers in the bubble sheet for these students, to artificially inflate their scores by four or 500 points, sometimes even getting some of the students so-called perfect SAT scores of a 1600 or ACT scores of 36. That's that's what they did. That's how far they went in this whole situation. Well, there's two parts of this that come to mind for me. One of them is, I mean, we, we hear all the time from families, what can I do to um, help my student get extra time on the SAT? Mm -hmm. And for those, a lot of those parents, it's too little, too late to qualify for that. Because right. this is not just let me fill out a form and get a doctor's note. This right. is... A, a demonstrated long-term pattern of need that the school has documented and mm -hmm. has been and has helped you share with the college board and right. some of the families that I've met with and it's actually a danger for some of these schools that have an alternative model um, the families let some of those accommodations and documents lapse right. because the school automatically provides that sort of accommodation so they don't right. need the documents. And so, then they come to the SAT mm -hmm. and the SAT says, I'm sorry, but you let this expire. We don't see a consistent pattern. Right. So the, the point I, I, that I like to look at is when parents come to me is if your student is a junior and you're asking about accommodations now for the first time, I hate to break it to you, your student doesn't need them. Your student doesn't need them now. And maybe, and I, I have two friends who were diagnosed as adults with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So I get it. When you find out that you have this condition, it could be any time and it could legitimately be junior year, but the college board and ACT are very wary of parents coming forward saying, my student all of a sudden as a junior was diagnosed. And so when you come forward junior year and say, all right, 
I think my student needs extended time on the SAT. Let's go to the doctor now. Just know that the college board and, and, and who make the SAT and the ACT people, they're not going to match. They're not going to do it. They're not going to give you accommodations. <laughs> to Christy's point, and I agree with you 100%, Christy, this has to be something that where since third or fourth grade, your student was struggling, and so you got them accommodations at the school. There's a history of IEP or 504 plans. There's a history of doctor's notes. There's a history of diagnoses or accommodations from a school psychologist or some other professional. You've got this history, and you've kept on it. A lot of schools, as students progress and they build up skill sets in 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th grade, they'll let the IEP lapse. But one thing to think about as a parent is... You know, will my student want this extended time on the SAT? Maybe they won't. Maybe they don't need it anymore. Maybe they've uh, grown a series of skill sets and developed a, a plan for working on their schoolwork that makes it moot. But keep that in mind. Well, and this is what my point is, that in order for, because uh, the College Board keeps an eye out for those people who are just trying to get it for this particular thing because right. they think it's going to give them an edge. So in order to fake it in this instance that we're talking about, yes. it was a blatant, egregious um, forgery. Right. It was not some mom saying, yeah, my kid needs a little extra time. This was um, just in your face. Right. And they, they hired someone to forge documents to say that the students had been on IEPs for years. Right. So basically they forged documents saying the right things. Right. And they, yeah. Which brings me to my the other thing that, that comes to mind about right. this situation, which is these students, um, and some of them knew and some of them didn't know, and that's one of the topics that Pete, that's shaking out today on day two of this scandal. What did the kids know? When did they know it? And what should be done with them, what should oh. be done, and that's a that's a that's a story for another time. Right. I mean, I have my opinions about what should be done to those I students, think, and, and again, even if they didn't know, I think we all do, um, and I think that we should probably do an episode on that because right. a lot of people are talking about it. Um, but my point here is that these students were given accommodations that they didn't deserve mm -hmm. for um, for learning differences that they don't have, mm -hmm. and so they're going to get into schools based on that information right and these all of these kids whether they had fake accommodations or no are now getting accepted to schools for which they are not a good fit that yeah. they may not be able to handle the academic rigor because they were um, accepted under false pretenses right and they now have this false sense of entitlement for extra time or a scribe or a computer or what, whatever the accommodations were that they asked for right and it's just one more um inaccurate uh, data point on yeah. these students that it's going to make it that much more that much more yeah. difficult for them to be successful there even if they didn't know um, you yeah. know but what they're learning is their parents didn't think they could do it on their own that's certainly this true that's the lesson that they're learning that's awful I mean but I mean I, I, while I have a, a tiny bit of sympathy for these students of these uh, these cheating parents a tiny bit um, especially the ones who didn't know, well, exclusively the ones who didn't know. Well, who I really feel for are students with disabilities or students with learning differences. What I, who I really feel bad for are students of color and, and students uh, uh, from minority groups who are consistently pushed aside so that the super wealthy, who whether they're cheating or not, can get extra special attention. Um, and there's a whole bunch of stories out there. There was an, uh, an op-ed in the New York Times about, you know, is this any different than the family who donates a building? And I say it is because... Colleges are aware of the family that donates a building. They're aware of those families, and those students who are applying to those schools are only in competition with each other. The students who are uh, families of wealth or legacy families, they're not taking seats from other 
socioeconomic, uh, cultural, or, or other groups. They're just competing amongst themselves for a limited number of spots. So I don't think it's that big a deal because, on the other hand, the pretty much all colleges and universities are nonprofit organizations, and they do need some people who can afford to pay full ride and will then donate tons of money as alumni and help support the school so they can provide hundreds of seats, if not thousands of seats, depending on the size of the school, to students of need. So I don't begrudge a super wealthy person going to Harvard if they have the numbers to get in and they want to go there. But these students were going to, you know, getting into Yale or USC or Wake Forest, and they they just didn't have the numbers to get in. And cheating their way in is not going to help them be successful at those schools. And they're stealing a spot from someone else. <clears throat> well, and then of course today they talked all about the video blog that Lori um, Laughlin Laughlin's or daughter. McLaughlin? I don't remember what her name is. It, it starts with Aunt two, Becky. Aunt Becky, the two L's. Um, and she, uh, her daughter, is up there saying, "Yeah, I want to." play the games and I want to party, but I don't care about school. Yeah. So while the mother is spending literally six figures to get this girl into the school, the girl <laughs> is now at a school where she has no desire it's USC. to USC. That's the school that she got her daughter into. University of Southern California, one of the most prestigious universities in the country. And not, even though it's in California, not a party school. But that's why she wanted to go to college. And right. so um, she's saying blatantly, I don't care. I don't know how much school I'm going to miss. I don't know how much I'm going to attend because that's not why I'm here. Yeah. And for every student who applied to USC this year, mm-hmm. who is now seeing that, right? and they fought really hard and they, and they you know, submitted great applications. And obviously you can't, quant- you can't um, draw a line between that one student who didn't get in and this one student who did. Right. But I, I can't imagine how frustrated they must be, yeah. the kids who deserved it. And, well, and we're getting a little off the No, But, but the, to, uh, to go back to the topic, it's in, in the kids who need accommodations, who are now gonna find it harder to get them, mm-hmm. that is, that's the thing that's just enraging me because there are students who f- struggle and fight while they're in middle school or elementary school or high school to get accommodations. And if, it, if even one student finds it harder to get accommodations because Laurie Laughlin and the... Felicity new, Huffman. Well, I, I, yeah, but her kids... Housewife. Right, but her kids uh, didn't do the uh, accommodations cheat. Okay. They did other cheats. They did the bribery of the coach cheats. Oh, right. Yes, there's multiple so cheats. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not, but I know what you're saying. So, like, if if... Any student in this country, especially a student uh, uh, who is not of means, a student who's from a poor family, who's from uh, a socially, uh, socioeconomically disadvantaged community, who's from, uh, who's a person of color and, 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 and has to deal with racism and sexism and all that sort of stuff, and, and then now they have to deal with, well, we're not sure that you, you should get accommodations because these people cheated, so we're going to be tougher on everybody. I, I feel for that person. That person is getting the short end of the stick because some child of privilege cheated. I just, that's my thought on that. It is very clear that we feel very, very, very strongly about this. Uh, yeah, we're rarely and, even able to speak English. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're just, I, yeah. So, I'm, I think that wraps it up. I think it does. Yeah. I'm sure we'll probably have some more to say about it another day. I absolutely agree. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you uh, have any comments, please hit us up at our Twitter feed. It's at Livius Pod. You can ask us questions, drop us comments, we'll get back to you. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please hit the like button in your app of choice. Uh, and always remember to subscribe. That way you get episodes downloaded right away. Uh, and um, 
hit that share sheet, share with your friends, family, coworkers. This is a big story, so a lot of people are thinking about this, and you know we've got a lot to say. And I think you know based on our experience, um, some really uh, our expertise will help hopefully people understand what's going on. Uh, and as always, let's keep learning. <laughs>